0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes
3: after the hour of 11 o'clock, we have three lines open. We've got Nick and Alan, and then that means we have three lines open 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. And we're going to clear something up. What we're we going to talk about. Oh, I know what it was.
4: How many um, times we agree?
3: How many times we agree? What do you think?
4: i would say on diagnosis stuff um i would say maybe 50 percent or more um Uh i think more where we disagree is going to be on just recommended repairs
3: recommended service yes
4: services uh, maintenance that kind of stuff because we just really go by we want to see your vehicle in front of us and and know you know is this filter actually dirty or are we just replacing it based off of mileage? So I think that's where we probably tend to most disagree.
3: Okay, and and, and, and I get lots of emails, as you well know, mm-hmm. and there is so much of, I had my car in and they said I need spark plugs. And my response is, is your car's three years old, and typically they're somewhere close to seventy-five to 100,000 miles. Look at your owner's manual. So I challenged you during the break and, and you pulled up, owner's manuals for any car that I gave you the year make and model on the internet and you punched in what service manual or service no
4: yeah but a lot of it didn't it didn't give me something like we can see we have different programs that we can see at work that you subscribe to or pay for that will give you can put in any vehicle and it will give us the maintenance intervals 30 60 So that's
3: something you can do from the front counter. Yes. So if they come in, they want spark plugs and tranny services and hoses and belts at fifty. You can print up there the recommended service intervals and say none of these apply. Y- yes. Y- but too early. Y-
4: Yes, but on on stuff w- where I'm saying we're most disagreeing is a lot of places will just do it based off of that mileage. Spark plugs is is something yes you're going to do based off of mileage yes, yeah. but fluids and things like that you can some owners want to just do them regardless based off of mileage which is fine some owners say well if the filter looks clean and it is you know cabin air filter engine air filter it's cleaner can be blown out i don't want to replace it just blow it out and put it back in or yeah, um, you know coolant it, it's fine it's green it's whatever color it's supposed to be you know it, it's fine I don't want to service it if it doesn't need it okay well if it was my car I wouldn't service it but you have the option so that kind of a conversation with the customers okay. is... and,
3: and, and so let me defend myself the, the the problem is is I know that you can hold two spark plugs up two oil samples from oil two oil samples of transmission fluid, two oil samples of brake fluid, you can have two fan belts in your hand and two hoses in your hand, and half of our industry says it's a bad part, yes. and the other half says it's a good yes. part. And so I- I've always sat down hard on miles because I'm more comfortable with miles than looking. And it's, if you bring your car in and you're a female, uh, and it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens a hell of a lot. And you say, "Am I due for belts and hoses?" They're going to do an otometer glance real quick. And and if you're over if you're over forty fifty, they're going to say yes. They're not even going to look at the belts. They'll pretend they look the bad guys. I'm talking about, yeah. which is about one in twenty five thirty shops. Yeah. They're just gonna they're gonna do what better's their their financial condition rather than what's yours. Yeah.
4: Is. And as a vehicle owner, you have to be, you have to know your service history, you you need to be in the know. You cannot rely on anyone mm-hmm. to just, I mean, these shops, our shop, everybody, we're servicing a lot of cars. We can see if you've serviced at our shop, particularly other mm-hmm. shops too they can see your history if you've established a relationship with them so they can know yes your radiator hoses have been done no they have not you're at this mileage things like that but also as an owner you need to know those things you need to know um, when they're due or ask your shop when are these due i mean there's you you know you got some skin in the game it's it's (laughs) i think people are relying too heavily on a a shop or anybody else to just make all of these decisions and to maintain their car and you we, have to be in the know.
3: We want the people that know what they want just to tell us that. I want you to flush my transmission. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. We don't yeah. not even going to ask you what your mileage is. I mean, We're, I'm
4: going to ask why are you wanting us to flush <laughs> it if you if you're asking me, you know, because, because, if,
3: because if you got a drivability problem, this ain't going to fix the drivability problem. Yeah,
4: I mean Yes, I I see what you're saying.
3: And and they Googled it. And one of the very first things was is a guy in South Carolina says if you just change the transmission fluid then it won't shutter anymore. Yeah. But and the shutter that- was a spark plug and it had nothing to do with the transmission. Well,
4: and that's just saving people from themselves because they're Googling, you know googling googling yeah. all sorts of okay. Okay. Well, just all right how many customers do we have <laughs> 35,000 yeah and
3: I, i'm not interested in being their daddy you know what i mean yeah. have a, a, a large portion of them have to be involved in the maintenance of their of the cars just
4: come in and tell Give your the shop symptoms. the symptoms yeah. not what you researched online okay
3: nick you're up first how can i help you nick
5: hey i got a simple question for you sure i'm gonna change the um the pan gasket in my minivan i bought it i bought one online and it's got the the rubber in it already but do i need to put rtv on that thing too
3: if you put too much rtv on it too much silicone it's going to slip on you when you're tightening it up and that's going to be bad so the film of rtv in my opinion should be on one side of the gasket so you're either going to put it on the pan or you're going to put it on the metal portion of the block where the pan bolts to Okay,
5: thin... so I can put it on. I can so I can RTV it to the pan, let that set, and then put then put it on
6: so it doesn't yes. let it set, so it doesn't slip.
3: If you if you let it, that's key words. Thank you very much for thinking about that. Yes, and t- take the oil pan, put a thin film on the gasket or on the oil pan, turn it over, and 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 uh and put a sack of cement on top of the can, and, and that will really I don't mean. Just put something heavier. Use it as kind of press uh, it. You know, use something like that to just to kind of lock it together because we see right. that all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So w- I admire that you're doing it, mm-hmm. but uh, a thin film on one side uh, get it to stick to the pan cuz it's going to be easier to put the pan on with it there than trying to stick it with yeah. uh, with the, the gasket on the on the block or it'll slide out yeah. as you're taking yeah. it. Yeah, I so, wouldn't
5: want, wouldn't want that to happen. I'm trying to get rid of a leak, not cause one.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think your your success rate went up a lot for in my heart. You're up to 90 95%. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you're no different than me. So I would put my <laughs> success rate at 99%. Because there's, there's 10 times I've put an oil pan on it, and it came back within a day or an hour, <laughs> and, and I had made right. a mistake. So, alrighty, Thank you very much yeah. for that, Nick. Thank you. Okay. Alan, you're up next. How can I help you?
6: Hey, Mike. Uh, Long time listener. Long time caller, too. Uh, I have a uh, a Jeep uh, Cherokee, and they keep sending me to renew my – he's got it's out of warranty, uh-huh. and they keep telling me to renew my warranty. What do you think about the extended warranties?
3: Okay. No. <laughs> I, I think she said it for me, too. No. I think she said it. Well, let me tell you. Let's tell them why. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a fight every single damn time we get somebody in with some aftermarket warranty. Because we got an oil leak at the pan, and they sent out this adjuster who was born yesterday, or he was born a hundred years ago. He's never been a mechanic. He was a he was a, a donut maker at Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. And he's telling us how to fix the car.
4: The, we hate that. Yeah, I think the, the yeah. biggest thing is number one, who whoever sells you it tells you everything is covered, right? And that's never the case. Um, secondly, they won't a lot of times pay for diagnosis for the shop. So then that's out of your pocket. Um, they will only cover, um, if a part is $20, they will only cover 10 of it. Um, they don't cover shop supplies. They don't com- cover environmental, which is all part of auto repair expenses and things that sales the customer- Sales they don't do sales yeah. tax. Yeah, so they're, the, you're paying two and $3,000, whatever, for the policy- they're covering minimal, and you're going to still, no matter what they tell you, you're still going to be out of pocket. Even if it's a zero deductible, all of that thing, you're still going to be out of a pocket some portion yeah. of money.
3: And and we deal with that once, twice, three times a week.
4: Uh, probably not that much, okay. but but how every, many, a month? How many times um, a month? Maybe a handful, five okay. to ten, maybe okay. if that okay yeah so
3: it it we just we just and we're in the middle and on one hand we'd like to stand up for the customer but we can't because the truth is the truth no matter what the customer says or what the yeah. aftermarket warning says then when the customer gets there and like Andy said shop supplies and veral charges sales tax and a bunch of other diagnostic dollars and a couple of this because I can buy that Alternator for one hundred and ten dollars, and you want to charge her one hundred and thirty. So I'm only going to give you one hundred and ten for that alternator. Well, my alternator's got a six month warranty or a year and a half warranty, and yours has a ninety day warranty. I don't care. That's it's the just, kind of stuff we have.
4: Yeah, we. Yeah. we our our kind of thought process is save the money that you would spend on the extended warranty and when bills arise use that money to pay for the and repairs. That's a, that's a good idea. Drop your
3: money that's off and right. give it to Andy and she'll yeah, she'll help that. you with your repairs for this time forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought about me you know, just opening a separate bank
6: account and just throwing a couple of hundred in there.
3: Yeah. You know, and, I, and that's, I, I'll okay. tell you I'll, bet you, I'll bet you an oil change that you come out where you, you, you're you better off without it than you are with it.
4: Yeah. I'll
3: bet yeah. you an oil change. And if, providing you don't drive a Freightliner with 30 quarts of oil, okay? Yeah. So <laughs> if you've got a four-quart system or a five-quart system, I'll bet you that. But anyway, Alan, thank you very much. Thank you. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. And if you want to give us a call and ask us a question or have a discussion, then you're more than welcome to do that. We talked about Kurt's Auto, but down the street and and to the west of him is Larry Harker's Auto. And I talk about Larry Harker's Auto a lot because they're at 38th Avenue and Indian School. And Bob and Ellen. Ellen's the front counter lady, and she knows more about cars than half the guys that I hang out with. But she's very nice and very pleasant. But you're not going to tell her something without her asking you to, not defend it, but to explain it. And she's not going to let you determine what the repair is. Bob, on the other hand, is in the shop. He is so well-skilled and so smart with fundamentals of cars, emissions, air fuel mixture, tailpipes, um, EGR controls, uh, injector pulse width, he's got it all. So they do tune-ups and they do basic oil changes and everything up to every time I turn on my Ford, the horn honks and there's a big puddle of coolant under the car. That's the kind of stuff he's really, really good at. So it's called Harker's Auto. Larry Harker's Auto. They've been around since 1967, 38th Avenue in Indian School, and it's a great place to go. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open. You have a one in five chance, and if you give us a call, we'll handle your car question, or we'll settle the dispute between you and your brother, or you and your wife, or or um,
4: you and Google, and you and oh, you and Google.
3: See, we make fun of that because you have to understand that we hear that every single day. I Googled my car, and they said that I need to replace the tires. Okay, well, let's start with the symptoms. What's the symptoms? Well, every time I started, it belches blue smoke. And then you go... What the hell is the relationship <laughs> between blue smoke and replacing your tires? So those are the kinds of things I think yeah, we, we just joke the about word. it. We joke about it, but really and truly if you want to take five steps backwards when you walk into an auto repair shop, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is Google says that is just you <laughs> it, that is just um uh, that's like saying, you know, all my neighbors said that your shop really sucks, but I'm here anyway. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not a really a good idea. So 602 Hi, it's
7: Jim Ryan, general manager of 960 The Patriot. Human trafficking is the second largest criminal activity in the world, and Arizona is the main transit point in the U.S. The average lifespan of a victim is seven years, just seven years. They die in an attack from abuse. HIV and STDs, malnutrition, overdose, and suicide. The average age of a child is first trafficked is 13 years old. Picture a 13-year-old you know. Makes you shiver, doesn't it? Our culture, our community has a responsibility to do something about this. Here's how. The nation's largest trafficking rescue program is right here at the Phoenix Dream Center. And 960 The Patriot has a goal to raise 50k for their new Hope Haven wing. Please donate whatever you can. You can also be a Patriot business benefactor. If you own a business and can make a larger donation, I'll give you the equal amount back in advertising. Donate 5,000 and I'll give you 5,000 in ads on 960 to Patriot. Go to 960thepatriot.com or call 602-955-9600.
2: When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not just you know working with my physical disabilities, I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? it was affecting me in my marriage my husband he didn't know how to help me he actually called Wounded Warrior Project Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey
8: it was an eye opener and it, I think it really saved our marriage
2: they gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that I just love him I love you honey I love you
8: too Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight, too. Well, I always loved her, but I love her 10 times more for that.
9: Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone.
8: There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. 100 plus degrees We were hot, we were on fire We were yelling our hearts out You could feel The intensity rising Even in our tiredness Even in our weakness, even in our pain We continued to push I told myself You can suck up the pain for another mile and a half And you will be a marine Not many people believe that I could do it I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine.
0: DFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call one 800 Marines? The few, the proud, the Marines.
1: The mechanic raised up from under my hood, and he shook his head and said, this ain't good. time timing bell stunts Give me just a second here, Gil, because I small. screwed up.
3: All righty. Anyway, 21 minutes after the hey hour of 11 o'clock, and I need to kill that. And give me just a second here while I stop that madness. I thought I pushed okay, well, you're pause on the I, pu- marks, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just that I I just uh, screwed up. You're going to have to send me the second hour, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. Okay. <laughs> send me the second hour because I just muffed it real big. <laughs> so, anyway, um, real quick, we talked about Larry Harker's auto, but let me talk about Strictly Diesel real quick. Native Strictly Diesel is the king of of Chevy, Ford, and Dodge diesel trucks, suspensions, transmissions, injectors, diagnosis. He's up at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. He's been around a very long time, and when you meet him, you'll understand quickly how really good he is. So if you've got a diesel that nobody else can fix, then you might want to try Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. And again, it's I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. Peter, you're up next. How can I help you?
9: Hello, Mark. I'm calling with a, a thank-you call. I uh, spoke with you about a month ago on a 07 Cadillac XLR. It's the two-seater with the North Star V8 in it. Uh-huh. And took it in for its submission and had no problems with it beforehand. When I was in, they told me I needed a new gas cap on it. So they offered and put on a gas cap for free. And within a couple of days, the check engine light came on. I had it checked, and the code said I needed a new... Fuel tank pressure sensor, and I find this, this entire situation highly suspicious, so I'm, I'm calling for all your listeners, too. Uh, you told me to get a gas cap that belonged to that car and to disconnect the negative battery terminal. So I ordered a gas cap for the 07XLR, put it on there, disconnected the battery, sense, uh, battery negative terminal, and check engine light went off, and everything's fine. Okay. Good. So it's a it's a thank you call.
3: Okay. Well, and yeah, just, that it it turned out good, didn't it? It did,
9: and I just find it kind of weird that they would take my gas cap, which wasn't causing any problems beforehand, put something else on there. And by the way, the configuration of the gas cap underneath it is entirely different. The one they put on there is nothing like the one for for the car yeah. for that particular model. So it's um, it's, it's possible that, weird.
3: That, mm-hmm. it's possible that. The technician was given the car, and, and perhaps everything you said wasn't properly transcribed to the work order, so the technician may have had a small amount of information. The technician went in and looked at the code, if that's what it went in for it, with the code, and condemned the gas cap and put a gas cap on and didn't do any pressure testing of the gas cap, didn't do any other work didn't say, I want to clear the code and I want you to drive it again. And I want you to come in. If it goes, goes back on, I want fresh information, so I want you to come back in. There's lots of possibilities. And the possibilities, those exist in my shop as well. If we do, how many cars a year do we do? Do you have any idea? Or how many repair orders no. we do?
4: Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know offhand.
3: Okay. A lot. Well, Mark, and th- Mark this happens at say, my Mark, shop too. Yeah, what
4: I'm trying to
9: say is it was the emissions place. They gave me the gas cap. I went in to have the emissions checked on it, and the emissions okay. people told me, so they were the ones that gave me a gas cap for free and took the gas cap that was on the car and said they wouldn't pass the emissions at the state facility without them putting a free gas cap on the car. Okay. And as soon as they did that within a couple of days, now I get a code on the car.
4: Okay. Yeah. okay.
9: So those get into mean, so that at the oh. emissions place. I, mean, I don't know. That,
4: okay. that's strange. I, I mean, that's strange in and of itself because you typically don't hear about emission stations doing anything like that.
3: It's a customer service that they incorporated not too long ago. Okay. I, I think it's been at least a year. And they're trying to be nice, and I'm going to defend them a little bit here. They're trying to be nice because according to their statistics, this is a failure problem. And according to the people we've talked to, a gas cap fits 79.3% of all the car. So so we have two issues here. Number one, the gas cap can be easily checked, it, not in an emission station, but can be tested by equipment that we have mm-hmm. to determine if it's going to maintain pressure. So they put the cap on, evidently the wrong cap. Now we have the pressure sensor. The, t- the tank is no longer pressurized, mm-hmm. so the pressure sensor squawking. So it's, the next thing would it be is let's replace the pressure sensor. We're going to have a new pressure sensor code. We didn't fix it. And then we come back to the gas cap. Yeah. And so I think their heart's in the right place, and I bet that their success rate is north of 90%. North of 90% by replacing the gas cap when we have an evaporative failure. That's what the key is, an evaporative failure.
4: Yeah, but sometimes some vehicles can be really sensitive, too. They might just have put some aftermarket. Sometimes they yep. can be very sensitive to aftermarket gas caps as well. Yep. So by him getting the specific one for his vehicle is probably the best
3: thing that can happen. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, the, most of them the are made by of S- advice. Dan. Go ahead.
9: The other piece of advice you gave me when I called the first time, which I want to pass along again as a reminder, is you said to me, Well you should have kept the old gas cap. Yeah. And in retrospect, yeah. So I'm saying to all your listeners, if they give you that line at the emissions check place at least keep your old gas cap, and you won't have to reorder a new one like I have yeah. Joe. So.
3: But they may, they may not do that because if you and I were in charge of the vehicle emissions, we want. It, and if we're going to diagnose it as a bad one, we don't want that cap on the road, no matter what. We don't want it, Joe to take it home and put it on his mother's yeah, car. Yeah, they want inventory in, in and
4: out. Yes, so yeah. they might not. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but yeah, from the business of their standpoint, they're yeah. going to want inventory in and out so they can account for. You were giving you one, we're getting one. Yeah. You know?
3: and, so, yeah. and, and so the guys aren't taking them home to put on their aunt's car or their well, lawnmower yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, well, thank you for your thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Don, you're up next. Don?
6: Yeah. Yes, My sir. wife has a 2005 uh, Highlander. And okay. um, I got two questions on it. She okay. recently had some work done on it, had an oil change done, and she was on her way back from uh Low, and it said maintenance required. So I break out the manual, look at it. She said she just had the oil change, so she probably put less than 1,000 miles on it since. And uh, I can't find anything in the owner's manual on how to reset that maintenance required, or should I just take it back to the shop that did the, uh, oil change. No. You,
4: you could you could take it back to them and have them reset it. It's very easy. You can also go on oilreset.com or oil, some, something like that. I think it's oilreset.com. <laughs> and you punch in your vehicle information, and it will tell you how to do it yourself.
3: Let, let me explain. The maintenance light is typically trig, triggered by two factors, time and miles. Mm-hmm. So it's programmed that we're going to change your windshield wiper fluid at 30,000 miles. So when you get to 30, the maintenance required light comes on. And I'm using windshield wipers as a stupid example, but let's pretend I'm I'm right about that. So it's going to say well, maintenance Daniel required. Daniel
6: said oil change. Okay, then we'll
3: do yeah, oil it's, change. It's, 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 yeah. it, it doesn't make any difference what we do. So it says it's due for an oil change. They did an oil change. They didn't see the maintenance required light because you said it came on after they did that. So Correct. they were right in doing the oil change. But they didn't re- they reset the maintenance light because it wasn't on at the time. So I don't think they did that on purpose. No. I, I, I'm i going to stick up for them because I'll tell you what, it happens at our shop oh. as well.
4: Yes, it does. It, you can have them reset it. I, it's nothing to be concerned about. Um, You can have them reset it or you can reset it yourself.
3: Sometimes you turn the key on, don't start the engine and you punch the throttle three times. Sometimes you, you get inside, you turn the key on, turn the radio up full blast and scream for three seconds. Sometimes you sniff the tailpipe and open and close the door five times and I'm being facetious but each and every car almost always has a different process but The customer can almost always perform the maintenance reset.
4: Yeah, if you you go to that oilreset.com, it will ask you your vehicle information. It will walk you through the steps. If you cannot do it at home, it's going to let you know that you need a scan tool or some tool to do it. So if if you can do it yourself, it will be on that website.
6: Okay. My Dodge Ram, I mean, I can just go in and reset it <laughs> yeah and, My and you already
3: looked in the owner's manual to see if the reset was available
6: yeah i didn't have anything in there
3: okay well, you I mean, go to that oilreset.com um, and, and see what they say. But if it needs a scanner, then you're going to take it back to the shop that did the work or anybody else and say, would you be so kind as to replace my maintenance light? I just changed my oil, but I can't re- restart the maintenance light. Would you do that for me? Yeah. And if you walked into our shop, we'd do that for you. And they can you. do it while you wait. And they can do your yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Don. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
1: Take The Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7.
6: This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum. Heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This
5: Sunday, attorney William Wolf will interview Ken Abramowitz. The topic, Israel in Crisis in the aftermath of the rocket war from Gaza, while trying to bring judicial reform to a nation, half of whom have lost their minds.
6: That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo.
8: Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek,
6: Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
0: I don't want to go blind from diabetes.
7: I don't want to lose a foot or a leg.
0: I don't want to have kidney failure. So I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes.
7: It's making a huge difference.
8: I'm eating healthy and staying physically active.
7: I'm taking my medicine.
0: If I can do it,
8: anyone can.
0: Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. Drug cartels are now targeting children by distributing rainbow-colored fentanyl pills, powders, and blocks. Resembling candy and chalk. Learn more about how one pill can kill at onepillkilled.org.
3: Welcome back, everybody. 33 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. The lines are wide open 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. And Andy had to go, so I guess the girls are going out to lunch, and uh, and they think lunch is at 12, and I think lunch is at 12.30, so um, I'll be here, and they'll be there. <laughs> Nevertheless, we're up here in Payson right now, and uh, and all the kids uh, got up and fed the fish, and our, we have a big fish tank for the horses, and uh, we have goldfish that uh, are about as big as a cell phone, and that's because the kids will go out and feed them three or four times a day. But... Um, and. You know, it's just it's fun. We buy them for like nine cents a piece, and they're little bitty, one inch long ones, and they grow into these these much larger ones. But anyway, that's the fun that we're having this weekend. Um, the lines are wide open. If you have a car question, then you call one eight no one six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. If you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, you can use 888-960-960. 9696. So outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, 888 960 9696. And we have a caller already. Who might that be, Gil? Hey, good morning to Jim. Jim, good morning. Uh, good morning, Mark. Say, I have an update for you and a question.
9: Okay.
5: Um, I called in, uh, I don't know how many months ago, but it was a 390 FE engine, a Ford.
3: And I gave it the onions and I
5: had low oil pressure. Uh huh. I don't know if you remember. Anyway, so I did, uh, did the right thing. I took it apart and found out that the pickup tube was finger tight. It was sucking air when it would get hot. Uh huh. So figured out that, but then found another problem that, uh, a, a crack in the valley and it leaked water into the oil. Which evaporated once it got hot, so I never knew where it went. So, okay. anyway, i I got that in pieces. But um, anyhow, I repaired the crack, and I have a question on a 2001 Dodge Dakota V6. Okay. The um, the pot. I put a brand new battery in it, and now I got uh, corrosion. On the positive terminal, more than I ever had before. I was wondering, uh, being that the alternator is being uh, regulated by the ECU, I'm just wondering if it just overcharges it and then just cooks the battery.
3: Well, um, no, I don't. I don't think so because that's that is something we see. But I would be lying if I knew that it was more than one time a year and we might do 20 or 30 cars a day. So I, if you want to find out if it's an overcharging unit, then get out your DVOM, your digital voltometer, and start right. it up. And first of all, you're going to take your voltage with the key in your pocket, and let's say it's 12.8, and then you're going to start it up, and it should go to 13.8 or about 1 volt over that. Then you'll see it duck okay. down when you turn on the air conditioning, but it'll come back up. So basically you want somewhere between thirteen and a half and fourteen and a half to be your voltage reading with a slight idle increase with no accessories on. So right. now the other yeah. possibility is is that you didn't clean up the corrosion, and maybe you take the positive cable off, maybe you stick that in a glass of of uh, baking soda mixed with water and walk away from it for three or four hours. Then you clean up the the terminal with a wire brush and put it back on. But you should also clean up the terminal on the battery as well. But it's not uncommon, and it's happened in the past, where my guys won't clean the cables good, and it comes back with dirty cables, and it's all our fault.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, because I never had the issue before, but... uh i was thinking it might be a uh i put a brand new alternator on i had a alternator failure and then put a new one on and then it uh also of a sudden having this uh, over system on there and i've already tested it with a bolt uh, a multimeter uh through the cigarette lighter off the battery and it always reads 14.2 with okay. no deviation it doesn't go up or down okay,
3: It's 13.8 to 14.5, somewhere around in there. Uh, I, You know, I, ca- I can't answer where the corrosion is, but I can tell you this much. When we cook a battery because the alternator's running wild because the regulator's lost sight of the battery. That's. Did you hear me there? The regulator loses sight of the battery voltage because of a bad connection or a blown fuse. And that makes the alternator okay. think, well, wait a minute. The voltage is 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And so the alternator starts cranking out big amps, but it's not going to leak around a terminal. It's going to leak around the caps. And so wherever yeah, the caps are, yeah, and so, but anyway, I'm, I'm glad you got it fixed, and I'm, I'm glad it worked out good for you. Um, let me comment about your oil leak and your low oil pressure. If you had called okay. about that, I would have said to you, overfill the crankcase by one or two quarts of oil and go drive <laughs> it for a day or so. If the oil pressure if the oil pressure issue goes away, then you have an air leak above the level of the oil, and it's typically in the in the uh, filter assembly or the the screen assembly that uh, that manages uh, the oil going to the fuel or the oil pump. So you could have diagnosed it by doing that, but you still fixed it, so you still hit a home run. Okay.
5: Oh yeah! Thank you.
3: Oh, thank you for the calling and thank you for giving us an update. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. There's five lines open and we have twenty minutes left in the show. So if you'd like to ask a question, give us a call now. Charlie Kirk sees no accountability. The top levels of the FBI
1: were working in harmony, in collusion together to try to take out Donald Trump, and it was all based on a lie. Who is in jail today because of what they did? And the answer is no one. They are popping champagne at Lois Lerner's house. Lisa Page is fine. James Comey is fine. Bruce and Nellie Orr are fine. Are these people ever held accountable? The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss, are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I
4: never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that
1: pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute, are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app?
4: Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas.
1: Well, does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, Oh, well, there you have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder, Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SPEED for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SPEED for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. Let's code SPEED.
7: This is the story
1: of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
2: Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy.
7: Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And is the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link.
0: Okay, smart.
8: Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
4: Plenty of people start something great in their 40s and 50s. Getting your retirement savings on track is no different. Go to aceyourretirement.org, and in three minutes, you'll get personalized tips to help boost your retirement savings. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
1: Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you, 960 The Patriot
0: and 960thepatriot.com.
3: Well, welcome back everybody, 44 minutes after the Albert at 11 o'clock. I have one caller, Troy, and we have 16 minutes of radio left. So if you have a car question or a car problem, or if you want me to settle disagreement between you and your wife, you and your brother, you and the shop, I can't really settle the d- disagreement, but I can comment on it for you. So 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960 is the phone number. And Troy, how are you today? What can we do for you?
10: Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, my We have a two thousand and four Toyota Corolla, and it's developed a really bad um, shimming or shaking when you're braking, especially from like highway speeds. And I was wondering if you have any idea what might be causing that.
3: Okay, so what I hear you saying is you're driving down the road and everything is fine. The steering wheel is sitting in one place. There's no vibration felt in the steering wheel. And when you apply the brakes, then the steering wheel starts moving left and right, perhaps an inch left, an inch right. Is that right?
10: Yep, that's it exactly.
3: Okay. <laughs> um, it. it It could be a a variety of things. It could be something loose in the front end. It could be a tie rod that's bad, a tie rod end that's bad. It could be a rack Mm -hmm. and pinion problem. Um, It can be uh, lower control arm bushings. There's a lot that it could be, but it also could be a brake problem. Um, But typically it's not because a brake problem doesn't necessarily come on and off, on and off, on and off. A brake problem would cause it to pull hard right or hard left. Or when you apply the brakes, the whole car would shake. And so this really isn't that tough to diagnose. Um, Most of the technicians in really good shops in town would only need, you know, the technicians should say to you, Troy, you drive. And I need you to make this happen as soon as possible because you can't have me for the next 45 minutes while you try to get it to happen. <laughs> and right. Because shops don't like that. So, And if you can make it happen, then you say, fine, I'm going to go around the block and I'll make it happen. And then the, sh- the technician will probably say, let me drive. And so he's going to do the same thing. But this isn't a really big deal. The worst-case scenario would you'd be have like a wheel bearing, which is causing the rotor to wobble, which is causing the wobble you feel in the brake pedal. So that's probably the most expensive thing I can think about would be a, a, a wheel bearing. But this, is, on a one-to-ten scale, this is a four or a five in the diagnostic world. So do you have a garage that you already trust?
10: Well. Um no not really honestly
3: okay i've what been part taking of town it to the same
10: uh, uh south Scottsdale.
3: okay bell automotive at 8700 east mcdowell right near the 101 bell automotive craig is there his wife is there and it would take craig a mile to diagnose your car oh
10: okay and that's so. right by the freeways, and that's where it happens the worst. Is when I'm coming, breaking from higher speeds, it really and, starts shaking.
3: <laughs> you know what's funny? It's Craig and I had a discussion not too long ago, and he says both of us are blessed, and I said, "Wait a minute! If you're talking about our wives, then I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you." And he started laughing. And he says, no, we have a freeway close by so we can go test drive it for those freeway kind of symptoms. Well, we're on Warner Road real close to the I-10, and, of course, he's right next to the 101 in McDowell. So that's what mm-hmm. we were talking about. But you can okay. also say to him, I talked to Mark Salem the other day, and he said that there's no way you're going to be able to diagnose this problem, so call him and he'll guide you. And all <laughs> he'll do is laugh. That's all he'll do is laugh. There is, And I want to clarify this with you and everybody that's listening to you. If I were getting a kickback on your bill, I would say something like that so that he knew who sent you. I'm telling you unequivocally, 100%, when I tell, send somebody to a shop, there is no kickback. There's no favors. There's no gift certificate to the local steakhouse. There's none of that that happens. And here's why. Because these guys are really, really good. And I, I, I just... I'm sending you to a place I know is really, really good, and he'll figure this out for you, and he'll probably do it with you in the car, but don't go there, Troy, on Monday morning or Friday afternoon for obvious reasons, okay? Mm-hmm.
10: Sure, yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate the recommendation and the ideas of what it might be.
3: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling. 602 508 Gil, you got anybody on the... Oh, phone lines are open. Okay, phone lines are open. So we're like I said, it's 48 minutes after the hour, and I've got to get out of here at 58 minutes after the hour. So uh, I've got 10 minutes, but I can talk for 10 minutes. Each and every one of you has an owner's manual, and in the owner's manual tells you when to do things. In our industry right now, we went from 3,000-mile oil changes to 10 and 15,000-mile oil changes. And let me tell you about the financial impact that's had. Every 3,000 miles, we got to change your oil and filter and grease your car. We got to inspect the steering, the suspension, the tires, the brakes, the belts, the hoses, and all the fluids. And most of us played by hard and fast rules, and we told you everything is fine, or we said, hey, we've got a problem. Your brake fluid has got too much moisture in it, and we need to flush it, so arrange it at your time, and here's how much it is. Now we have cars that go 10 and 20,000 miles between oil changes. They use a synthetic oil, so we've lost a lot of this business. We've lost a lot of stuff that we sold directly related to a 3,000-mile oil change interval. 5,000-mile oil change interval it doesn't make any difference. The problem is, is that people will have a problem, and they'll just wait till the next oil change, which could easily be 9,000, 10,000 miles. That's going to create a problem for us because if we would have seen it earlier, we would have fixed it for half as much as we're going to tell you today because you've now caused the right front tire to wear abnormally where the steel is hanging out, and we need to do suspension work on the right front. So now I'm going to bid the suspension work, parts and labor and alignment, but I'm also going to bid a new tire. So there's good and there's bad. A lot of folks like the idea of a longer oil change, but don't let anybody tell you what the oil change is unless you open up your owner's manual and you look for oil change interval. You can get on the Internet, and you can just query that I have a 2021 Honda Accord. What's the oil change interval, and what kind of oil should I use? You can do all that kind of stuff on the Internet, but the easiest way is just walk out and get your owner's manual out of your car. We have a caller. Who might that be?
2: Say good morning to Vern.
3: Vern, good morning.
2: I have a 56 T-Bird. A couple years ago, I remember you saying if you're driving at speed, it runs a little warm. When you stop at a light, gauge goes down. It's probably the radiator, right?
3: Now, say, say give me that again.
2: At speed, it runs hotter than it does at idle.
3: Okay, now, let me ask you, on the gauge, when you're at speed, is the needle quarter, half, three quarters, or north of three quarters?
2: Either three quarters or more.
3: Okay. Okay. And when you slow down and you start in city driving, where does the needle fall?
2: When I stop at a stoplight, it comes down to maybe three quarters.
3: Okay. So there's the, what I hear you say is is between these two spots. Um, the needle maybe moves three needle widths from one spot to the other. It's about the width of three needles. Would that be a fair analysis? Yes. Okay. What kind of car is it? A oh, '56 Thunderbird. Yes. Okay. I'm not real worried about that. It's it's hanging out at the uh, at the uh, three quarter mark. I, I'm really not. But, but let me tell you what I think it's, you're going to find out. I think you're going to find out that the radiator is restricted with calcium, which is a problem that we had with all the older cars. And the, it, you've heard rod and repair. And in the old days, we would take the yes. tank off, and we would stick a rod in there, and we'd unplug the radiator. In your case, there's hardly anybody that will do that anymore because new radiators are so cheap. So, and, and, and the best you could hope for is to new th- move the needle that evidently lives right around the three-quarter mark to between half and three-quarter. And that's where it should be all the time is between half and three-quarter. I'm not real sure if you're just flirting with the three-quarter mark and that sometimes we're down the width of a needle, one or two needles, and sometimes we're up the width of one or two needles on your gauge. I'm not real sure I'd be worrying about that too much. Okay. You can replace the thermostat if you want. There's possibility that the thermostat is not opening completely, which would slow down the flow of water in the radiator and and it actually would cause higher pressure too because it's a restriction and you you might have some, you know, you stop at an auto parts store and and put a new radiator cap on it, but I think what you said that really had an impact on me was is when I drive like this it's here and when I drive like that it's here and when you say that I'm assuming it's fully warmed up and so it's not likely to be a cap plus you didn't say that it's spitting cooling on the ground either so I'm, I'm back yeah. to where I started it's if you if you wanted to change it for the better you'd replace the radiator but I'm not quite sure I would do it because you're hanging around the three-quarter mark and that is in the normal range. So, okay,
2: one more question. I heard that Stant makes an open throat, a larger opening on a thermostat.
3: Um, you no, aware of that? You're stuck with um You're stuck with the uh, thermostat that the car calls for. Now, it is true that the circular part of the thermostat probably is replicated in more than half of the numbers. It's just when they open and when they close is the difference. So it's a 180, 195... Thermostat. So, if you wanted to replace the thermostat, Stant is a good bi- is a good product, and we use Stant. We use Stant caps, but as far as the the ca- the neck that goes over the thermostat housing, I I, I wouldn't play with that at all. I, I wouldn't get anything bigger because you're just covering up the problem. If we have restricted flow because the radiators got some calcium buildup in it, you're not going to fix it by replacing the thermostat or replacing the housing. You still have restricted flow. But um, Okay, if I, I buy I, a new
2: it, radiator, do I want one with two core, three core, four core?
3: Well, I'd put in what you have because you've been happy with it all these years, so why would we change it? And my fear would then be you'd call me and say, the needle never comes off a quarter, and that's bad. <laughs> So we need that needle on all cars today between half and three-quarters. That's what we want. We want the coolant to be north of 212. Yeah, but just
2: on on an old car?
3: Well, see, I do it a lot on the older cars. We now know that this is a good idea. You see, in the old days, we would generate lots of water, and we'd run the engines really cold. So every time you shut the key off, we'd get 10, 12, 15 drops of water as everything condensed. So we had lots of mud. We had lots of thick black chocolate when we drained the oil. Today we know that that's because of water. So that's why you have a 195 thermostat in most cars is because we're going to run it at 212. And that's a good thing because we're not going to boil the water out of the oil, and we're not going to have all those problems. So we did go from half, a little past half in the older cars, and I was around in 1968 when that happened. We did go from there to between half and three-quarters, and I tell everybody if it runs between half and three-quarters, then leave it alone. So those are your choices. Is that okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, good luck, Vern. Thank you very much. The real important part now, we we're talking about this 56 Thunderbird that was born a couple years after I was. The issue is on the newer model cars, the electronic cars, the computer-controlled cars, they, they control spark and fuel and everything. It's a really important to understand that there's no, there's no flexibility in that. We need that car to run between 215 and 220, you're going to get the best fuel economy, you're going to get the best life, we're going to boil the water out of the oil, if there is any in there. The oil can handle those kinds of temperatures, so there's lots of old time guys that want to run their car at a quarter and maybe flirting with the half when in reality it should be between a half and three quarters. It's better to run your engine hot than it is cold. There's all kinds of problems cold and there is very little problems hot. Now, if you get past the three-quarter mark and you start flirting with the, f- the the hot mark or the red zone, that's when we have to do something different. But if you're flirting with the three-quarter mark and you're a needle width on either side of the three-quarter mark on your gauge, you're fine. You're fine. And especially if it's not spitting any coolant on the ground after you park it. So those are the possibilities. My email is mark at marksalem.com, Mark at Mark, com, Mark is spelled with a K, and Salem is spelled like the cigarette. And I'll see you next Saturday here, right here on KKNT